That Lewis man. <laughs> that little nigga might be on to something. Stop calling him a nigga. Because he ain't no nigga. What's wrong, baby? What's wrong with me is... It's this. What you talking this about? This is what's wrong with me. You know that this is wrong. This you, is wrong. You used to like wrong. I can't do this to Cecil. We ain't doing it to Cecil. We doing it to you. I want you out of my house. Why do you think God brought us next to each other? God ain't got nothing to do with this. He put you right next door to me. You always talking about how lonely you are without Cecil being at the White House. And you need a man. That can appreciate the love and the woman that you are, like I do. I want your number running ass up out my house, off of my sofa, right now. I, I told you I'm through. I told you. Let me make a demonstration for you. Don't come here with this bullshit crazy talk. <laughs> it's not. This is, this is, this is you, I'm right? More of this. this is you. And this is me. And it seems like we just don't fit at all. We just crash into each other. But then... When you line things properly, what you doing, my hangers? Like God putting your next door to me, everything kind of worked out. Even if you slow down, I got you. You need to get your yellow ass up out of my house. We need each other. What I need is my husband. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what I need is my husband. Okay, you shouldn't be laid up with that man. In the gutter. In the gutter. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> What a great movie. The Butler. Yes. Yes. Shout out to the University of Maryland Terps. Um, a homegirl from there. Well, not really a homegirl, but a girl who went to the school. Zadi. Her uncle actually played the main character in The Butler. Really? Yeah, David. Oh. I'm okay. not even going to butcher his last name. <laughs> but David O. Yeah. Shout out to David and what was her name? Zadi. Zadi repping University of Maryland. Oh, yeah, go Terps. College Park. Some gems come out of there, yeah. Oh, yes. College Park. College Park. <laughs> <laughs> booty, 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 rocking everywhere. You know, when they booty, said booty, Bubba Sparks booty, College Park, I didn't know they were talking about College Park, Georgia. I right. thought they were talking about Maryland yeah, College like, Park. I was like, hey, we here, we live. The only College Park we knew growing up was back home in Maryland. Like, what y'all talking about? Like, hey, Bubba Sparks College Bubba Park. Bubba Sparks. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Bubba Sparks College Park. Yes. But yeah, this was a really cool um, <laughs> skit. And um, when I was uh, putting the skit together or thinking about the skit, I came across some interviews that Oprah did when this movie came out. Mm. And interesting enough, um, Lee Daniels had a really different vision for her role, which was Gloria Gaines. Mm. Um, <laughs> she used the word raunchy. He, he wanted her to be a little more raunchy. Um, he wanted during that scene, she said that he wanted her like rolling around in the bed with Terrence Howard and with panties and bra on no, and just Oprah being kind of messy. Mm -mm. Oprah had to refine that she role. She was just like, I make the, the movie industry, okay? <laughs> I'm not doing that. She, she, she made the character a little more polished, um, not just for her liking for, you know, how she wanted to present herself on film on the silver screen, mm. but she wanted to be more a reflection of Gloria's life. Yeah. So, um, shout out to Oprah yeah. and Gloria Gaines. For standing in her truth and being firm in her word. Okay. Yeah. Cause when you do clownery, <laughs> the clown comes back to bite Lee Daniels. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And isn't it fitting that Monique said that? And I'm directing it towards Lee Daniels. Mess. Okay. It is a Hi, mess. chickens. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, y'all? 
I am P. Ryan. Welcome to the... Why do I always do that? That's so annoying. You want to introduce yourself Before I even say welcome. Okay. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> no. I'm a glow up. That, that's some Diana Ross shit. See? <laughs> that's Put why Mary was upset like with her again. and Florence passed. Okay? <laughs> right. <laughs> you are wrong to Florence, Diana. <laughs> Just kidding. Love you, sis. Uh, welcome to the Huggle Podcast. <laughs> where... You may be raunchy. Or you may be laid up with somebody up in the gutter. With some holly. Okay. Holly. <laughs> Wake holly. up, Holly. Wake up in that. It's 7 o'clock you in the morning. <laughs> Should be up looking for a job. <laughs> a weekly reminder, not daily reminder, to watch Kingdom Come. What are you guys waiting for? Because I know you haven't watched it yet. How do we just like infuse the butler with, with Kingdom King- Come? Like, because Kingdom Come is a classic black film, okay? And, and y'all need just... to tweet us when y'all watch it. And can't you just like literally put it in any situation? Even when you're having a bad day, you just ask the Lord, what happened to me? Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Shout out to Jada Fickers and this. She was a mess. <laughs> With those finger waves. Yeah. A Pepsi's fine, don't you? And that baby hair, your baby hair was sitting. She must have used a toothbrush to like. I don't know what she Get that little, you know. <laughs> And Tony Braxton had those. Hey, um, Lucille. Weren't they called box braids where it's just like braided a little bit at the root and the rest is just out. So it kind of looks like your hair. Was her hair braided? But it's like braided. She had oh, those. I don't remember. I don't know. What if Tamar was in Kingdom Come? Fitting. But we'll get there. Okay. I am P. Ryan. You can <laughs> find me on Instagram and Twitter at I-A-M-P-R-Y-A-N. I'm Eric, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at E. Dante Cole. Yes, find the both of us on Instagram and Twitter at HungUpPod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. Don't forget, you can email us at HungUpPod at gmail.com. Yes, and lastly, you can comment, rate, review, all that jazz on (laughs) uh, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and yeah. You're feeling very... um, the music vibe tonight. Well, always, I mean, we kind of <laughs> like literally always. listen to music before every show. We did. We um, used to listen to Patty And we sing, and we kind of do our own thing just to get <clears throat> inspired, but also kind of like pumped up for the yeah. show. And we have our own check-ins before the show. But we do. Speaking of which, yeah. P. Ryan, what's up? How, how you doing? Like, what's been going on with you this um, week? Nice. Well, this weekend was cool. I mean, I hung out with you, so that was always a blessing. <laughs> but I guess you'll get to that a little later. Um, but we hung out on Sunday. On Saturday, though, I skipped singing with my church choir. Oh, shit. Um, and I actually skipped church at my church altogether. But it's because my dad, who goes to another church, um, asked me to sing. Uh, and he was preaching, right? So he asked me to sing before really? for the selections before his sermon. Yeah, it was cute. And so, shout um, out to Dad. Shout out to him, and shout out to him even more, uh, because at the end of like my singing and in between me singing and him going to preach, I wasn't expecting him to do this, but like he took a moment to like shout me out, and I was like, what? "Oh my gosh, what the fuck!" Like I was really, it was really awkward for me because I don't like attention up. like that in public. But I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, is your dad emotional like that? I feel like he doesn't. No, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Which is like <laughs> not at all. But that's the thing too, right? So our relationship is very interesting, and I think my relationship with him showed me that you can live with a parent all your life, um, but not necessarily like be super connected. It's a different relationship when you leave the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I ain't leave it yet. Uh, well. Niggas is broke. <laughs> okay. But even now, like, you know, you can live with them throughout your entire life. I grew up with both my parents and like, 
the closeness between each one is different, right? So um, while he was physically there, I think there were some like critical points in my life where I felt like we weren't necessarily con connected. But to hear him like go up and not just say like you know yo my son sings down and he also said he wants me to just sing gospel music and not secular and I was like oh calm down girl of course he but, that. Of but course. he had like you know he listed my resume like he listed the things I did in undergrad and grad school he's and, proud of you in my doctorate program yeah and it showed that but like I didn't realize that and I had a different perspective so there are just some things on like my end that I think I need to flesh out and be more open to um, moving forward yeah and he also quoted a Beyonce lyric, so shout out to him. And that's all I have to say. Which one? He quoted, oh my gosh, he quoted single ladies. <laughs> and which, like, I was, I had a little mixed feelings because I was like, okay, you're fucking dope that you quoted Beyonce. And he, remember, he's the first person to put me on a Jay-Z when I was younger. But right. also, episode. it was in a very misogynistic and sex-negative context. So I was kind of like, ooh, I don't know if I can rock all the way with this, sir, but... Shout out to my dad for preaching and doing what he does. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. I was cute. Wow. <laughs> it was cute. How awesome is that? And like, I feel like many episodes ago we talked about, mm -hmm. I'm like, what's, what's burning? The fucking the candle, candle just went out. <laughs> I'm like, what's on fire? Um, excuse me, y'all. I'm just dealing with sinuses and things like that. But... A few episodes back, we kind of talked about our relationships with our parents. I think on the daddy, um, daddy, uh, daddy lessons episode, I believe we kind of talked yeah. about how you know our first relationships with anyone in this world is with our mom and our dad, mm -hmm. and it's something about getting acknowledgement from our parents. It's something about getting that check of approval from our parents that makes you feel like n nothing else. Yeah, you know, so. Awesome. I'm, 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 I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Well, you said we hung out Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Was it Sunday? We hung out Sunday, bro. It was Sunday. Friendzone was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. Like, I was speechless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I, I have no complaints. I had such a good time, and I think one of, one of the things that I really enjoyed the most about it was that it was a very intimate space and I felt really close with them. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we listen every week, um, which can seem, you know, it, it absolutely, it puts some distance in between the listener and, um, you know, the people who are doing the podcast. Shout out to Fran, Asante, and Dustin. Um, but it was just really nice to, to be there and be close mm -hmm. and to see their facial expressions as they're having this conversation and... It was really cool. Um, Fran, girl. Listen. What? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Fran. Houses. She, she had me questioning my sexuality. I'm not even Oh, I didn't have you. a question. I'm by curious. You said okay. you didn't have a question. I didn't have no question. <laughs> she made it clear. I'm, I'm by curious. <laughs> and like, my thing is, I, I've been so obsessed with Fran. Like, even from the show, right? And I'm just like, I bet you Fran is a beautiful person. But when you see her in person, like, she blows you away. So, bitch... Imagine seeing Beyonce 
Okay. If that's Fran and that's the experience that we had, can you imagine? Imagine the aura that Beyonce gets. Oh, I'm a pass out. I know. I need I know. to see Beyonce. And I don't want to take anything away from Fran, but she was. Um, all of them were really cool. Hey, Dustin, what's up? You're so thirsty. I didn't realize. And I'm gonna, gonna call be that you tall. out on the show. You gonna call me out? Yes. What I do? Because bitch, listen. What did I do? Remember when we were planning to take the picture, right? Yeah. Oh. I had said, oh, I'm gonna sit next oh. to Fran and Dustin because they're a little taller than Asante, and it's I... gonna let the flow of height go cuter. I'm sorry. Your ass. <laughs> I, got I was dying. Up. I got caught up Your in the Your ass friend, ran straight like, to the, gave Dustin a big old hug. I watched you gave Fred a hug. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and sat right in between them like a sandwich. If you because, look at the picture. Because, and then my awkward ass made such a space in between myself and Dustin. Because, like, I have a, a thing about being too close to people. <laughs> like, it was so... <laughs> <laughs> the picture was nice, though. It was cute. It was really I, cute. I thought the picture was nice in my bed. <laughs> To be honest with you, I was caught up in telling, first just looking at her. Yeah, like she's I was beautiful. just caught. All I could say is, you're uh, so beautiful. Just looking at her and and, and just, just oh God, Fran. And then I had to tell her that she smelled good. I was just like, Fran, you smell amazing. But so, so did we. Yeah, well, yeah, we did. I was just like, I don't know which smell is which. But <laughs> it all smelled great up on that stage. We was looking good. And let me just say this like, Philly, y'all, y'all was a little dry. A, a little, but the crowd was just like, yeah. But you know what? You made a good point. You was like, bitch, because everybody got an exam in a couple okay. hours. It was on the <laughs> listen. The show was at was the University Penn's of Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. University of Pennsylvania's campus. Everybody, had, I had an exam. Not even go to Penn. And folks were kind of walking in like, bitch. Tired. I just woke up. People I had boxes from the, from the like from the cafeteria. I'm like, y'all are tired, but so am I. We just gonna enjoy this show and then keep our Sunday moving. And we really did. We really yeah. enjoyed it. Um, so I was that. That was really cool. One thing that was interesting though, real quick. Yeah. I was I listened to the friend zone today, mm-hmm. um, just to hear like what Fran Dustin and Asante thought about, you know, their experience. They really enjoyed it. They said they enjoyed Philly. Asante had mentioned in one of his stories on the friend zone though that like when he's feeling somebody, he'll just like stare really hard, right? Yeah. I'm not saying much, but I'm just saying our eyes made like contact. Really. A couple of times throughout the show. Well, you know what? I'm me and Fran. Were you looking at me and Santa? Me and Fran, we we made eye contact okay. too. But then where were we though? Because they could have been looking <laughs> above our heads, but we're just like y'all looking at me. <laughs> they were like, we can't see y'all. We thirsty. <laughs> we are so thirsty. I feel Shout like me and Dustin them. made some eye contact too when I was sitting in the audience. And, you know, they was doing a thing for a while. And Asante kind of was, like, in his bag. And <coughs> Dustin was sitting there. And I feel like we had made, like, a, a eye contact. But maybe we didn't. You know, maybe he was looking a, a around me or above me or over me or below me. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> maybe he didn't even realize I was there. But, Dustin, I realized you were there. Yeah. I saw you. You are so crazy. You are a stalker-ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize I stand firm so in my word. Dustin is just like a Dave East. Y'all Very are the cute. same height. Like we I are not realize. taller. Yeah. But, <laughs> but Dustin is very cute. But again, not for me. He's a cute friend. All for me. I'm, we dapped up. Like homies. Nah, they're all cool though. Really, and Asante was really cool too. Asante's hilarious. Yeah. Like I really loved all their energies, and it was really cool. It was great. So besides that, um, I just wanted to highlight, I this week I had the pleasure of um, writing a letter of recommendation for someone that I work with. Um, every year, they give out these um, really prestigious awards to people who are doing, um, who are just, you know, excellent, mm-hmm. you know, doing the damn thing. 
And I have to say that I just, I wasn't only honored to write the letter, but, you know, because the, the person I wrote the letter for was such a cool guy, and he's, he's just such, just, just very positive, and just a nice addition to our team, and just mm. always available. You know, never, you know, some, sometimes at work, folks be so tied up in their own thing and trying to get, meet deadlines and do all the things that they need to do, that when you go to them, Sometimes you can get a little pushback or you can get, you know, the door is closed or they're not always available. Not this guy. So it was just really cool <coughs> to glow somebody else up. You know what I mean? I think we get caught up in our own hype and, our you know, being our own personal hype man, which, you know, we should. <laughs> if you don't believe your own hype, who will? Who will? Okay. Um, but I think it's also important that sometimes we take a step back and acknowledge the hard work that someone else is doing. And it, it, it feels good. You know, it feels good to do that. I know that's not easy, especially for a lot of us brown and black people who work in the, you know, in these workspaces. Oftentimes, if not, you know, all times, <laughs> we're overlooked and rarely acknowledged for the, you know, contributions that we're making, you know, to the organizations that we represent. Um, but I still think it's worthwhile to help that next person, no matter yeah. who they are, no matter what their skin color is. Like, shout somebody else out and help them, you know, to make it to that next level. Um, because whether it has happened for you, just do it, you know. Mm -hmm. Sow those good deeds now, so that way you can reap a harvest that will be just for you. Well, amen. You will have your moments. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but you don't do things because you are expecting that, right? I'm just saying that by you know sowing good, you know those good seeds and doing those good deeds, that you know it, it all comes back full circle, and we'll actually get into that a little bit more um, into our topic. But yeah, yeah that was my week. Cute. Speaking of which, what's the topic? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? This week, this this the topic this week is Soul um, Super Soul Inspired Conversations Part One Icebreaker Remix. I thought that this week we can do something a little lighter um, for the conversation because we be heavy as shit sometimes. I feel like yes. we bring people down. <laughs> like, oh, we 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 incite soul searching, but sometimes yeah. we can be a little depressing. I be listening oh, back and I'm like, shit, I'm oh, sad. Damn. Well. Hopefully we but can lighten cute. it up. Yeah. <laughs> lighten it up tonight and also like serve as like an icebreaker. So you all um, can get to know us a little bit more. I believe this is episode 24 or 23. 23. 23. I counted. Okay. <laughs> yes. so, and I'm glad that you're going to have the 25th one. Or maybe we'll do it collaboratively. I don't know. That's going to be, well, we said that that's going to be a special episode. Yeah. It's so be cute. We'll, we'll, we'll plan something nice for that. But last week, we mentioned the Super Soul podcast and just like how much it helps us get through our weeks, how inspirational it is. Mm -hmm. um, and I just thought that we can kind of incorporate that into our icebreaker conversation. Tell the people what Super Soul is. Well, yeah. Super Soul Conversations is a podcast. Um, Inspired by the show. Super Soul Sundays? On OWN. Yes, Or is Super it Conversations? I don't know what the title is. No, you're right. Super okay. Soul Sundays. And this is inspired by that. Um, Super Soul Conversations. Created as the by Oprah. Created by Oprah. Oh, love. And um, you really get basically those interviews that she does on the OWN Network. Yeah. And it's really nice because you can pause it, rewind. Yeah. What's she saying? And they're short. 
And they're short. They're like 30 something minutes. So very therapeutic, can mm-hmm. get you together at a drop of a dime. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, no matter what you're going through. So yeah, you guys should definitely check out Super Soul Conversations on iTunes. That's where I listen to it. I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's on SoundCloud or any other platforms. I check it out on iTunes. Have you? Same. I just listened to it on Apple Podcasts. I don't know if they're on any other, but... Oh, okay. I, I guess I meant yeah. Apple Podcasts is what I should have said, not iTunes. Oh, same thing. Same thing, right? Yeah. Okay. So, speaking of podcasts, before we jump into this conversation, I was just curious, because you've brought this up, I've brought this up many times in the past. Um, are there any other podcasts that you... Are digging again. This is an icebreaker conversation, so we, you know, we want to open up a little bit. P. Ryan, yeah. <laughs> besides the Super Soul um, podcast, which we both love and adore, what, what other podcasts are you listening to? Eric, podcasts are probably the reasons why. One of the reasons why I can't get work done sometimes. <laughs> so, um, as we said before, I love Super Soul, but I think my yeah. podcasts kind of like range in taste. So. I kind of get balanced, like, spiritually, not only with Super Soul, but from, I'm going to claim it, our official podcast sisters, the Remedy Podcast, right? (laughs) I can't miss, like, I literally can't miss an episode, even though it's geared more, I think, towards black women, it seems, with, like, the content. Um, There are some things that are geared towards people in general, but I think that target demographic, they got black women on lock. But and I literally sure. can't and they miss the show uh, because they, they keep shouting us out, and yeah. I love that. I love that. Like, yeah. their support is not only super valuable, but I just love the content that they bring week after week after week. Like, I kind of stand. It's a little crazy. Yeah. But the Remedy podcast, um, I listen to Getting Grown and the Friend Zone as to get like kind of a balance, right? I get my comedy from the Bodega Boys mm-hmm. my, and my ratchetness from Kiss and Tell Radio. Um, which is a LGBT um, type of podcast from XD and Jade, from this show called Me and the Gay Homie. Yeah. Um, another Terp Bread podcast called Pardon My Bullshit um, with sh- three straight men um, who are absolutely hilarious and talk about just like, you know, real nigga shit. Uh, and I also get my life from like the Reed and the Love B. Scott show. Also, you know, I'm a sex, uh, or I aspire to be a sex therapist. So. Yeah. I try to check out some sex podcasts, so um, <laughs> nice. the Savage Love podcast, Guys We Fucked, Bait Nation, which is like a masturbation podcast. Yeah. Um, I used to listen to Amber Rose's podcast, but my sis needs some work, so I unsubscribed. Um, is it still going? <laughs> it's still going. She's okay. Actually, she does the podcast with um, a certified sex therapist, but I just... When I stopped listening, I just felt like she needed some growth, and I was not here to see that journey go through. Gotcha. Um, and then I also listen to Angela Yee's Lip Service, which is neither culturally humble, culturally competent, or inclusive Damn. to like the LGBT community. But I listen to it because you know it's kind of entertaining, and my spirit hasn't told me to unsubscribe yet. If you want some honorable mention podcasts, Insecurity, which comes on um, after Insecure with Fran and Crystal, um, The Colorful Lives. I think they stopped taping shows, but um, it's. They talk about just, like, maneuvering as a black person in different workspaces and just, like, living your life to the fullest. Great podcast. Um, You Did What podcast, which is the LGBT thing. And then, bringing back Reading Rainbow, LeVar Burton has his own podcast where he literally reads to us. He reads, yeah. So, it's amazing. I do like his, yeah, he's he's, he's awesome. And sorry for, like, that long-ass list, but... No. If you guys make room for at least one of these podcasts, you're really just... Improving your life tenfold, especially the Remedy podcast. 
West Side Fit Up. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes I struggle to get caught up on podcasts um, that I listen to on a regular basis, but you know, it's hard. It's hard because I, there's so many mm-hmm. that I do like. So, uh, you know, and I've said it before that I really appreciate the pause and the stop. Like, I, I love to tap in, you know, for a few minutes if that's all I have, and then I can pause it and get back to it. Um, honestly, you know, I really like to hear stories. We just talked about that mm-hmm. weird, quirky kind of stuff. I listen to a lot of science stuff, so I'm a fan of NPR. Uh, they have two really cool podcasts that I listen to up first, uh, which pretty much I start every morning. That's the first thing I listen to is up first. It's usually anywhere between 10 and 12 minutes. It gets you started on the day, letting you know this is what's happening in in the news and this is what you need to know for today. Um, and I also like NPR's Hidden Brain. Hmm. Um, again, it's just really weird stories and things to make you think beyond your current understanding about certain things so that that's really cool love both of those um the read in the friend zone i literally started listening to both of those around the same time a couple of about a was about yeah i would say a couple of years ago um and they're awesome um we i've already talked about friend zone (laughs) and poured out about you know about them the read I love Crystal and Kid Fury. Um, they were both already forces to be reckoned with mm-hmm. before they even started the, the podcast. Uh, so I really um, shout out to them. Are you? Didn't you mention you're going to um, Trilloween? Trilloween, child, please. Okay. Okay. You're not okay. You know, people change, plans change. Plans change. <laughs> okay. I talked well, about that last week. The people didn't really week. change, but the plans change, <laughs> yeah, right? Got you. So hey, I'll be here for Halloween. <laughs> I uh, definitely enjoy the girls over at Remedy Podcast. Always um, Getting grown, uh, sit at sit at the table. Shout out to Gail. Shout out to Gail. One woman show. Um, it takes a lot to hold your own yeah. show. Shout out to and her bravery. She can do it. She you know, did she it. definitely can do she's it. She's doing it, and she's doing it. So shout out to her. Um, and I'll just say, just as a man, you know, hearing a woman's perspective on different things, I feel like it kind of keeps me balanced in a mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So shout out to all three of them. Shout out to Tax Tone. I think Free he's tax. still down. He's in the jail. He's okay. still, um, the last episode <laughs> aired in January. And um, I was yeah. always a fan of him because it was just that grit and that rawness to his content that I just really appreciated. What did he talk about? Like, I never listened. Street hood shit. Oh, okay. And he would have people on the show that was just, but it was, um, I mean, yeah, it was street and hood. Like I said, as far as the kind of like the feel of the show, but they, I mean, they talked about interesting things like okay. stuff that's just going on. Um, I know the Bodega Boys always make jokes and then follow up with free tax, so like that's why I snorted because <laughs> I always think about them and that. Yeah, free tax. <laughs> When I can bear to listen to an argument or if I want to hear, you know, people go back and forth and always have a difference of opinions, I listen to The Brilliant Idiots with Charlemagne oh, the God I just don't know if I'm and able. Andrew. Andrew <laughs> they be going Schultz. at it. They will go at it for an hour straight. Like <laughs> So Andrew Schultz was a guest on like the podcast I listened to, Guys We Fucked. Mm-hmm. And like... He can be problematic. In that moment, I was just like, I understand why Kid Fury and Crystal do not like you. He, he and so I don't know if I can listen to Brilliant Idiots. Yeah. Like, Even on Brilliant Idiots, he, he's... He says things that are kind of like, what, Andrew? What did you just say? Mm-hmm. But you listen. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. 
politi- politically, pardon me, politically reactive is also a cool, really cool podcast that I, li- that I listen to. Keeps me kind of like on the up and up with um, politics and, 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 and black thought. Um, same thing with Angela Rye, um, one on on one with Angela Rye is another um, episode, uh, podcast that I keep up with. Of course, Super Soul Conversations, uh, T.D. Jakes, we talked about him before, Jaden XD, shout out to them again. That rawness, Jaden XD, I love it, and that's why I listen to your podcast. And Nigga Peace Theater is life. It is, okay? it really is. They are really funny. I, I really like it. them. I really like them. It's two ninety nine on Amazon. <laughs> And just shout out to uh, me and the gay homie and thirty wow. something black and gay. Mm-hmm. I really try to keep up. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm I'm a few episodes behind, but I really try to keep up with you guys. Um, and I will just say I'll end that with recently, I, I, a new podcast that I've been listening to is the Life of a Gentleman, mm-hmm. and um, it's really good. Uh, it's um, let me see. I think his name is Richard. Oh, God. I, I, I thought I was going to have all this prepared. And I don't. And I really hope Eric, that I didn't get his name wrong. We're just going through the flow. It's okay. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Shout out, I wanted to say shout out to Richard because I really do dig your show. Um, it's, it's really just all about the male lifestyle. Mm. You know, our etiquette. You know, what it's like to go on a date. What it's like to buy your first car. How do you save for your vacation? Um, he has a lot of black uh, entrepreneurs on this show who are creating brands. The last two shows that I listened to, uh, one was about watches. This guy was on who who um, designed and created his own watches. And uh, tonight I was listening, and it was about the pocket squares for your suits. Cute. He had a guy on. Um, so it was just really nice to to kind of get that perspective you know some of the things are a little pricey <laughs> so but I think and one thing that I really appreciate is being exposed to the experience I think to elevate yourself to the next level whatever that is you have to expose yourself to something different and I just appreciate the life of a gentleman podcast for just keeping us together giving us tips to you know how to act you know how to how to approach a date and how to go out you know how to dress how to how to hold, you know, how to, you know, manage yourself, manage your finances. And I just really like it. It's definitely, a, you know, a guy's, a gentleman's podcast. So you guys should check it out. Cute. Yeah. So let's go ahead and um, jump into the rest of the show. I'm ready. So again, you know, shout out to Super Soul Conversations podcast with Oprah. I think it's pretty dope. She she opens each show. Mm-hmm. With I'm Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> yes, she does. Yes, she does. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the most valuable gift we can give ourselves is time. Yes. Be more present. Yes. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, how do you give yourself more time? Let's let's start the conversation yeah. out with that. How do you give yourself more time? I mean, I think that's a cool question. Um because when listening to the show at first, I thought giving myself time was kind of just self-caring, right? So it was like watching The Housewives, drinking my wine, reading the Bible, vibing out to some music, you know? And just, just chilling and making sure that like I have self-care to you know, approach the next day. But when I hear the content of her show and when I go through each episode and when I've listened to episodes like 
Devon Franklin and Megan Good mm. and like um, Eckhart Tolle and which you'll probably well I know you're going to talk about later yeah but that was <laughs> a recent episode yeah, yeah but just like different episodes that she's or even the guy that we talked about last week right yeah I think that the show is more <clears> just <throat> like about allowing yourself to be figuring yourself out figuring your life out figuring just like everything out and not being confined by the things that distract us like goal deadlines or comparing yourselves to others or any other things that any other things that distract right and that lead us to a place where we find ourselves maybe successful maybe accomplished but at the same time very unfulfilled Mm -hmm. I think the purpose of this podcast or the purpose of her saying give yourself time it's like give yourself time to feel fulfilled so how do I give myself time? I think I give myself time by like acknowledging the fact that I have a lot of aspirations. I have a lot of insecurities that come along with them. I have a lot of anxieties that come along with them. But like at the same time, I, rem- I remind myself that life isn't really just achievement. It's not just finding that success or conquering that success. It's finding your purpose, being happy, spreading that happiness, and just living in that space, regardless of what happens. Yeah. I like how you said slowing down, like literally, physically, mm-hmm. mentally, emotionally, slowing down. I can dig it. Yeah. I when I when I thought about that question, I, I felt like there were two parts to it. Mm-hmm. I feel like self care is definitely a really common, great way to give ourselves time. Yeah. Fran actually commented on that um, at the Philly show over this past oh, weekend. Yes. She talked about spending time alone and how it can be therapeutic in a variety of ways, right? I know I definitely spend a lot of time by myself. I always have since a kid. Yeah. So Eric, the best time is literally sitting on your bed when there's a nice cool breeze blowing through the window. You are wrapped up in your favorite comforter. (sighs) And you you know, you just detach from the world. It's a great recharge. It really is. Come recharge. That's a perfect way to describe it. Mm -hmm. It's a great recharge. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) But I enjoy being in my own space, like this space, you know what I mean? And making this space work for me. And I enjoy that. Like, you know, in, in some of those moments, like you said, like really just being to yourself, you know, opening up a few windows, putting some music on, lighting some candles, you know, filling up my oil diffuser. And just like that brings me so much joy, you know, just, just that. And being able to, you know, just sit down, relax, read something. Um, I enjoy that, but I, you know, I definitely agree with you. Giving ourselves time also includes sitting in the moment that we're in slowing down, you know, whatever that is. Um, I used to spend a lot of time, just to self-disclose, I used to spend a lot of time daydreaming about the future and how I wanted things to be. And I was unhappy. Mm. You know what I mean? And it really wasn't into, it wasn't It wasn't until I, I figured out, like, wow, Eric, you're wasting a lot of time thinking about the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and, 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 and what you want in life. Um... There's nothing more real than the present. Just like now, like us taping this podcast. There's nothing more real than this moment that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Anything else is a it's just it's either not <laughs> real or it's in the past. You know what I mean? So that's one of the things that I took away from giving yourself time. 
sitting in the present, being present in your moment. J. Cole, shout out to him. He always talks about, I like the line that he uses, no life is better than the one that you have. And and he was straight up about that. Like, no matter what your situation is, mm-hmm. no matter what you're going through, no life is better than the one that you already have. Um, so that's what I took, you know, from being present, being in your moment, being in yourself, um, and accepting whatever that is. And I, and I think that's such a beautiful moment mm-hmm. when you can really just accept and look at yourself and be like, bitch, this is me. Say so. This was Say. my life. You know, whatever happened in the past, whatever your childhood was like, whatever your parents did or didn't do, just accepting that and acknowledging that, I think it's, yeah, yeah. I think it's awesome. It's like a glass of wine, bro. Thank you for pouring. <laughs> Can we get a refill? Come on, Omar, you better say <laughs> Thank you, P. Ryan. Um, this episode is brought <laughs> Thank to you, you in Ryan. part. Thank you, P. Ryan. This episode is brought to you in part by... Merlot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. So, are we good with that? I'm perfect. We can move on. All right. So, on September 18th, um, Don Miguel Luis was a guest on Super Soul Conversations. Um, and he wrote a book, an awesome book called The Four Agreements. Yes, he did. Which is so awesome, y'all. Since it's been printed, it's been translated in 40 different languages. Mm. Like, he lit. That I didn't know. And clearly people are checking for him, right? So let's kind of just go down with The Four Agreements were, and and I'm, I'm really feeling them, too. I actually printed them out them in my office on the wall. I like them. Yeah, yeah. The first one. Be impeccable (laughs) with your word. Why are you talking like that? (laughs) Because I put... (laughs) You got to talk like a church brother. Do it. Because I put... (laughs) I put in um, quotes here. I said, I said what I said. Yes. (laughs) But being impeccable with your word. How important is that? It is. Because in his book... If I remember correctly, because I actually read this maybe two, three years ago. Shout out to you. I have not read the book yet. But it's more about like speaking so often. I think he was saying that like we speak so negatively about ourselves. So it should be our intention Mm. to speak in the highest way possible. Because words, life and death is in the power of the tongue, right? We're going to get to that. But I think what he was saying in that, if I remember correctly, is that it should be your intention to speak words that create the most positive possible environment for you, right? Mm. So be impeccable with your speech. Don't down yourself. Don't down your situation because what you speak will be what is. Yeah. You know? Got to go back and read that. Don't take my word for it. Read it yourself. It's a whole chapter. I like that. Yeah. Um, kind of going along with that idea, you know, you, you hear folks say your thoughts become your reality. Yeah. Your words really shape who you shape become your world. yeah 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 if you say it it becomes mm-hmm. like you said the you know power what did you say life and death life. is truly in the power of the time amen the next one my favorite don't take anything personally and the reason why that's my favorite is because i have to remind myself of this all the time say so. you know what i mean mm-hmm. don't take anything personally most of what people do and say it's is not them. about you it's them it Eric, <laughs> like, and that's, it's so crazy that like, I'm so hype about this, but it's something that we have to remind ourselves because it happens every single day. Yeah. 
It does. Every interaction, Every whether yep. or not somebody discloses it to you, the way they react to you, the way that they interact with you, the way that they make you feel, it's not about them. It truly is about you. Mm. Let's flip the script and put a mirror up to ourselves. Come on. The way we treat people. Is who we, how we see it's ourselves. It's a reflection of us. I've said it before. How I see you, I see me. Oh, listen. And I think it's such a freeing... It's very liberating mm -hmm. when you really understand that what people do has nothing to do with me. Mm -mm. Specifically, what people do to me. <laughs> all the negative things, all the bad things that people have to say about me. It's liberating when you can acknowledge that they don't have nothing to do with you. Yeah. But it is tough, right? We acknowledge that. Because let's even talk about like our own experiences. Yeah. The situation with me no longer being a music minister, right? Mm -hmm. Or the situation of me, if we keep it all the way funky on the Hung Up podcast, pledging the organization that we're both a part of. Yeah. There are some things that were experienced, right? And it was kind of just like, I will say from my experience, like there were times when I was just like, is it me? Mm, you know, yeah. is it really me? But you kind of have to go back to this book and go back to this chapter and realize that the way people treat you, the way people talk about you when not even knowing you, the way people vote on you <laughs> without even knowing you, yeah, right? Yeah. It don't got shit to do with you. And that's a conversation that me and you had to have. Again, Eric is my ADP. It's such a human... I, thank you for bringing that up yeah. because I think that's such... That's so human of us. Because sometimes we will feel away. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we will question ourselves. Sometimes we human. will say, is we're it human. me? Yeah, we're human. Did I do that? Mm -hmm. Am I fucked up? But then we have you to know? take a step back and be like, nah, this shit is not me at all. Exactly. You know, so... And that takes us right to the next agreement. Don't yeah. make assumptions. Ooh, read me. Yeah. Don't make assumptions. And what I took from that was use your voice to speak how you feel. Mm -hmm. Use your voice to ask for the things that you need or don't need yeah. or want or don't want. Don't make assumptions. And use especially your voice to understand what's going on. Especially in our relationships, because I know I'm guilty of that. In, yes. in the last long term relationship I had, I just expected this man to know this is what you need to do to make me happy. Don't make assumptions, Eric. You have to use your voice to tell people what you need. And doesn't that dig a hole when you assume? Mm. Like, even just, yes, expecting people to know what you need, right? But then also assuming that people are maneuvering in a way that's that how maybe, you not, move. maybe not as kosher. Maybe how you move. Right. Maybe not how you expect them to move right. based on your relationship. You know what I mean? Or, Which yes. ties into the last one, like you said, right? Because that's not about them. That's about you. Right. So you've built this whole narrative, this entire storybook from chapter one to chapter 25. And nothing it's goes not, like nothing that. Nothing based on and reality. And you've driven yourself crazy. Yep. You've built this whole This book is a read. Story. The Four Agreements, y'all. If you haven't picked it up, please do. It'll bless you. And I probably need to read it again. And it's true, though, because don't we do that? Don't we sit with ourselves and we will tell ourselves a whole story about a situation? We will be... We'll, we'll play both sides of the story mm -hmm. and answer ourselves and create a whole reason for why things didn't happen or happened mm -hmm. the way that they did. And meanwhile, the conversation is all to ourselves. Eric, how many times have we sat over a glass of Merlot yeah. and talked about 
Asian niggas <laughs> with a whole story. And then you have to, I will say, even you hold up a mirror to me and they're just like, is that really it though, bitch? <laughs> like, it's real. We do it to each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So the next one, always do your best. And what I really appreciated, um, Don Miguel Luis pointed out that always doing your best changes. Mm. It could it could change from year to year, but he even brought it down to it can change from moment to moment. Yeah. And we have to weigh that. We have to doing your best may not be that much at the time. Yeah. But yeah. you have to weigh it accordingly. And I and, and it's kind of crazy because earlier this week you text me that. That you was just gonna be do your best. You had a lot going on. You you were you know you're being pulled in ten thousand directions. People want you to be yeah. in two places at one time. And you said, Eric, all I can do is my best. Bitch, I had a full <laughs> white woman meltdown. Okay, <laughs> Eric, I was just like, can I you call you? You have a white woman meltdown at least like, once a week. I was like, Eric, what is going on? <laughs> like, but yes, at the end of the day, though, after having that meltdown, I was like, you know what? If I let this overtake me, it's going to drive me crazy. Mm. So all I can do is good enough. And good enough truly is good enough. Hey. I know that's right. Okay. That's all we can do. You can do the best. And you know what? I apply that to work especially. You know, a lot of us are in these situations where we were hired to do a job and then we don't have the resources to do the job that we're hired to do. And... You know, like I just said, for, for you, we're pulling a million and one directions and you're asked to do just some impossible things, meet some mm-hmm. impossible deadlines. Listen, folks, do the best you can do. That's it. Yeah. Like, don't kill yourself trying to please somebody else. This do the best that you can do. Do the best and let God do the rest. Yes. Okay? <laughs> and he surely will. I wanted to ask you, is there an agreement that you would add or are you good with those four? So, I actually use the four agreements as a mantra, and I have mm. added one. Mm. So, my commute each morning, I'm just going to be transparent about this, is about like an hour, right? Yeah. To get to either like work or school or externship or whatever. Right. So, I have a lot of time on my hands in that hour. <laughs> so, sometimes I talk to myself, sometimes I talk to the Lord, sometimes I listen to a podcast, but on my ride to these places, I usually start the day off after I, like, drink some water. I will say, um, I will speak impeccably. I will not take yes. things personally. Yes. I will not make assumptions. Yeah. And I will always do my best, right? Mm-hmm. So those are the four agreements, and that kind of sets the foundation. But then I follow up and say, I am a child of the king, therefore the king lives in me. Yes. I am royalty and will act accordingly. Yes. Because sometimes people get you out your character. They do. Right. And you have to really be on a regular basis. On a regular basis, these days, if you allow them to, you can be out of character every single day. (laughs) Okay, so that's why you have to be intentional about acting like the royalty. Like Don Miguel said, from moment to moment, yeah, (laughs) ten times a day, you could really turn up on somebody. So you have to be intentional about acting like the royalty that you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, like you're a child of the king. So that's why I say that. And then I follow up and say, and I will mind my business because. In any work environment, school, work, work, externship, whatever, there is always, once you facilitate like rapport 
with or build rapport with people on the job or on wherever you are, it's very easy to get caught up in that work drama. Yeah, right. That's true. And it's very it's easy to get caught up in any drama, right? No matter what space you're in. If you dedicate yourself to minding your business, life will be truly sweet. I love that. I, I follow. That's the end. That's has to be the last word because it has to be the most powerful point. And, and I will mind my business. That is powerful. Let me just say that um, Archduke, shout out to them, mm-hmm. <laughs> music group that I love. And y'all have heard like me like over and over again talk about just how great their music is. They have a song on their album where for about 25 seconds straight, they repeat over and over, you are a child of God. Mm. And that, I think that is powerful. And we've talked about that on the show. Just how like you reaffirm yourself, who you are. Um, I think there's certainly power in that. Yeah. And why do we need reaffirmation, right? Because we forget. We forget. It's easy to say, oh, I'm a child of God. I'm, I'm popping. Like the king has my back. But when terrible times come, it's just like, I was about to say, when you turn on the news and you see another black man or woman laid out in the street dead Mm -hmm. or, you know, turns up dead or missing. Or you get your check after two weeks and you realize it's been cut a couple hundred dollars. It's just like, am I really a child of God? And you yes, realize you're you paying FICA and all these other bitches Ooh. that you don't even know. FICA ain't been in my house, cooked me Say a meal, so. rubbed my back, run my bath water. FICA ain't done shit for I me. I don't know her. I really don't like that. FICA's been <laughs> in my life. I really sh- don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's starting to piss me off. Eric, Yes, Eric. Come through. <laughs> and I really like when you said mind your own business because when I asked myself the same question, if I could add an agreement, it was that. Yeah. Mind your own business. Mm-hmm. If I and, and it's, it's honestly been a personal model for many years. I think it, you know, folks spend so much time in other people's minding business. other people's mm-hmm. business that they don't have any time for self-care. And you would ultimately what you do is you end up leading with ego, I believe, a lot more in your life. Instead of being conscious, instead of being present in the moment, you're leading with ego. You're you're leading with those voices that are inside of your head when really you are just and you're observing those voices, but you become a product of those voices because you spend more time minding other people's business. And you know, minding your business is much easier. It's less work. And it's liberating. And with like all a, the work I, that I have to do, I would I want less work in other aspects of my absolutely. life. Absolutely. So somebody bring you some bullshit, that's not my business. I don't have nothing to do How with that. How many times do I tell you that? <laughs> okay. So moving right along, on September 22nd, India Irie was a guest on the show. India Irie. What was one of your favorite songs by her? I am not my hair. Yes. I am not the skin. Yes. I am not your expectations. No, no. I really like that hey. song, and I really like the song about love and being ready. Are I you am ready for love? Are you hiding? From I was waiting for you to give me them lyrics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or, do you remember when she remixed Heart of the Matter? I've been trying to get back to the heart of the matter, but my flesh gets weak. Yes, India. After we tape, that's a feel good song. She blessed me. I love that song. So she was a guest on Super Soul Conversations, like I said, on September. Like I said, on September. What just happened? (laughs) (laughs) I am too sissy for that. What'd you just do? 
so I feel like September came out so weird. It came out I perfectly. Was like, Ugh, let me do that okay. over again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, and me and you kind of like talked about this before we started taping. Like, we weren't even aware that India that was this in had so much happened. mess. Listen, yeah. back in the day, apparently, India got dragged because she was accused of bleaching her skin. To be honest, before college, Loki, I thought India only released one song. So to hear that she was in so much mess. <laughs> and what was the one song? I Am Not My Hand. <laughs> what other song do you know by her? I before know, before I'm that ready one. Ready for Love. Oh, okay. oh, that came after, though, didn't it? Then, I don't, I don't know. know. Listen, but I know she had a volume one and two. I didn't realize that. I was always like, you know... I was shocked because mm-hmm. I always thought of Iri as the, you know, the girl that always talks about being authentic and genuine to yeah. self and loving our skin and loving our hair. And just, again, going back to what this conversation has been a, a lot about being present, right? Yeah. And yeah. who we are as a people. Um, so I was, I was really shocked and it kind of like triggered me because, you know, recently we had the ad with Dove, um, that got social media all ablaze. We had Hazel McPhee. Who is fired. Who is fired. Fired. Okay. <laughs> Coming out with, you know... No job. All her bullshit. So mm-hmm. we know, we know that colorism is definitely a thing, um, a thing in the black community. Um, NDRE was dragged by many who accused her of really being a sellout is what they... Is, is the you know terminology that a lot of people used online. Looking at the photo, you all can certainly look it up. She is lighter. I mean, I can see... That she does look lighter, her complexion, but her whole body does. So, and by the way, shout out India Ari. Those legs, girl, look like you could kick the shit out of somebody. That rap girl. Them stallion looks legs. Looks like you could rap a hoagie. Damn. And it, <laughs> but you know what? It's interesting because she, in the interview with Oprah. Yeah. Um, because, and, and by the way, y'all, a lot of these soul conversations, like we said, you can find on OWN. Yes. Um, or you can really go can. on YouTube and actually see them because Oprah interviewed these people. Um she talked, you know, India Ari talked about what she was going for in this picture was, you know, to be a little more bronzed, to show a little more leg, to show a little bit more thigh. The lighting was turned the fuck up on the set. And honestly, when I first looked at the photo, I could see that. I could see that the lighting just kind of like mm-hmm. illuminated everything, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, she said that the, she was going for. Um, because she was wearing the gold dress and she had the gold background. That's, you know, kind of a look that she was going for. I didn't automatically assume when I looked at this picture that she had lightened or bleached her skin. I thought it was Photoshop, to be honest. You thought it was Photoshop? Yeah. I mean, because, to, I mean, to your point, she, we know Indy Ari is not this color. I mean, she does look lighter in yeah. that photo. So I could, I can understand, you know, where, you know, people would, you know, take the issue with that. Um, I thought one of the interesting things that she brought up in this um, Super Soul conversation was she felt that she was actually getting payback. <laughs> she admitted that as a musician over the years that she had been really tough and really hard on a lot of artists and she had passed a lot of judgment on different artists that, you know, she just felt like weren't being authentic. She reflected on that moment mm-hmm. and basically said, it's coming back on me. And Oprah pretty much piggybacked on that and said, yeah, the judgment that we put on others will ultimately be placed back on us. Um, her brand, her platform, as we know it, has always been true and authentic to self. And I think that's why we fell in love with India. I know that's one of the reasons why I fell in love with India. 
She was being attacked for what she told us to stand for all these years. And I know, again, we didn't know about this incident until we read it, but, like, how did you feel about that? So, first of all, shout out to her for even having the insight to say that, like, in a way she kind of experienced what she put out there, right? Right. But, you know, I have trouble finding words, so let me take my time. I kind of agree with what Oprah said. You know, the judgment we place on others on some day and some way will truly come back to us, right? Mm. And that can unfold later in the show because we're going to get to that. Yes. But I've, I've thought about that for a minute and maybe it's because of Oprah, but I think we truly don't give ourselves credit mm. and we don't take responsibility for the power that we as humans have. Come on now. Right? That was a word. So Say that again. Ooh, I don't know if I can. We don't give ourselves credit, nor do we take responsibility for the power that we have as human individuals, right? So for those who believe in the Bible, I'm sorry, like, you know, for those who... Well, I'm not sorry, but, like, for those who don't, you know, whatever text you may or may not believe in, right? We have a human power, right? So the Bible says we are made a little lower than the angels, right? Yeah. yeah. I listened to a sermon um, a couple weeks ago where the pastor said that that interpretation was a little incorrect. It says that we are made a little lower than Elohim, like the supreme being, right? Mm. So those who believe in the word also believe that, you know, God spoke and things shifted. Things happened. Not for just like one individual person, but for everybody, right? And the word also says, as we said before, life and death is in the power of the tongue, right? So if the infinite being can create a shift just from speaking, can impact multiple people just from speaking, right? And we were just made a little lower than this being. I really believe that the words we speak, the words we speak to, the words we speak about, the words we speak on other people Mm -hmm. are words that we not only make applicable to the lives of other people and that can shift the lives of other people, but because we are in that space and it's coming from the source, which is us, they become applicable to us, right? So when she's out here calling people, you know, fake for not being their authentic selves and when she, you know, calls for, like, different artists to stand up in their truth, right? She's putting herself in the position to also be held accountable for standing up in her truth, mm. for also, you know, being held, being called fake for not being completely authentic. So just as she says, the, thing that, the things that she was out here speaking came right on back to her because the words that she put out then put herself in a vulnerable position yeah. to be called to the carpet, right? And so I think the vibrations that she put out, whether they be good, whether they be, like, Blessings, whether they be curses, whether they be judgments, we include ourselves in the things that we put out there. And I think that's why it's so important for us to be intentional and also careful about the things that we put into the atmosphere. Because as she said, and as Oprah said, in short terms, what goes around comes around. Yes, I agreed. The, the, the law of attraction the universal law, karma, payback, whatever you want to call it, I, b- I believe is very mm-hmm. real. Watch uh, out. Yeah, watch out. <clears throat> Thank you, P. Ryan. That was a word. 
You problem. You, you problem. No problem. No problem. You problem. Excuse no me. problem. This you problem. episode was truly brought to you by Merlot. Okay. <laughs> so moving right along. Um, on August 30th, actor Rain Wilson, um, who we know as Dwight from The Office, which is a hilarious show. And actually, he is one of the funniest characters on this show. So shout out to him. Um, he was a guest on August 30th. And Oprah asked him some very basic questions that I opened, that I think opened up, you know, a really great conversation. Um, and, you know, for me, really, personally, I was, it really showed a different sign of Rain Wilson because I always see him as Dwight, like that goofy character mm-hmm. on The Office. So I'm going to ask you the same questions that Oprah asked Rain or I'm gonna ask Dwight. You, back. you want to ask me back? Yes. <laughs> P. Ryan, what does your soul look like? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I really don't. And this is actually something that I've been thinking about in the week. I don't know why, but I've had like a very spiritual week Mm -hmm. Um, and I've just had just different investigations about my life, my purpose, my vision, my soul, Mm -hmm. all of that. Mm -hmm. I don't know what my soul looks like, but if I could put a word to it, it's explorative. So I don't know what explorative would look like. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Explorative and open. I actually like that. Um, when I thought about what my soul looked like. Repentant. <clears throat> repentant? Many things. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My soul looks repentant. It looks repentant. explorative. It looks open. It looks... It looks ready for change and ready for evolution. Yes. I don't know what that looks like, though. So, it's really interesting that you had that perspective because when I thought about, Eric, what does your soul look like? I thought about... Little, that, that little boy I feel like that's mm. what my soul looks like is mm. that and I mean and honestly I think and maybe not necessarily the soul but I think that who we are as people who the essential Eric the, who, who that essential Patrick is it's, it's really who we were as children I think and a lot of therapists, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of different ideas and theories out there about it. But, you know, who we are as kids, I, I really feel like that's who we really, I mean, we get older. We become more experienced. We, you know, we experience heartbreak and we mature and we get jobs, we pay bills. Um, we get older and then we and then we pass away and then the cycle starts over again. Um, but I think who we are as people... It goes back to that that child. And I think that a lot of us are, you know, in a way, trying to go back. I mean, I'll admit, you know, there were some, you know, things in my childhood that I remember today, Mm. you know, that I didn't necessarily understand at that moment when I was that little boy, you know, whether I was that little boy in the playground trying to figure out why no one would want to play with me because I was that awkward black, Aww. like, gay kid in I school. I would play with you. I know. Me and you would have had a ball. We would have <laughs> fucked it up. Okay, bitch? <laughs> or if I was at church, yeah. you know, and I was a little kid and the pastor is saying, if you like other men, you're going to hell for eternity. And I was just a child. I didn't understand that. I'm thinking, me? Is he talking about me? You know, it's just... Mm. I think everything yeah. just kind of goes back to, you know, where we were as kids because that's, that's just the foundation yeah. We've talked about that first relationship with our parents. We were kids. 
when we had our first relationship. And our attachment relationships with our guardians really do, um, I wouldn't say like concretely define, but they strongly shape Who we are. how we maneuver it yep. in the present day. Yeah. What do you miss most about being a kid? That was the second question that Oprah asked Dwight. <laughs> yeah. hmm. In this moment, I think the freedom. Mm, speak so, on it. And it's not really just like, you know, as a kid, clearly you're not bogged down with like bills and like other things though. But I think when you're a kid, before you kind of actualize your identity, you don't have the responsibility of living life with the consideration of your identity or with the consideration of the groups that you want to advocate for or with the consideration of, um, you know, all the pressures that your environment brings, right? Yeah. As a kid, all you do it you just you just are you just exist mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and then you hope that those who are older than you and your the, the those you view as guardians are there to kind of provide all the things you need so that you can continue to exist and i think when you add on like the extra responsibilities that have come up from like your surrounding environment it really hinders your freedom to do the things that your heart just wants to do and I think that's what I miss. I, I miss that freedom. And I so I think when you get to that adulthood and those responsibilities come up, it's your duty to be intentional about going back to that space of freedom. Yes, going back. Finding places <laughs> in your life where you can really, in a way, regress and get back to a space where you can just cast off those responsibilities. It's not really just the identity thing, right? But it's right. various responsibilities. But get to a place where you can really just be like, no. I am that kid again. I will pursue the thing that my heart tells me to pursue. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah. Eric, I wasn't expecting this. My emotions <laughs> are going crazy. <laughs> you know, for me, I miss... I miss riding my bike and having nowhere to go. Mm. I miss... Yeah going to the pond and trying to find creatures. I miss my Legos. I was a Lego kid growing oh, I up. I loved Legos. Eric, I loved Lego. <laughs> uh, you hear me? Did you do the Bionicles or whatever it was called? Bion Bionic? Oh, no. Uh, uh, I just, my dad wasn't. I went no. hammer. I just had regular Legos. Legos. Okay. <laughs> and I would build anything. Yeah. Like, I could literally, like, build anything with ham. my Legos. I went ham. You went ham? Yeah. Like, the Star Remember Wars. Remember the logs, too? The log houses? Like, we build the logs. don't do not do it. Okay? <laughs> I would like, Legos, I was obsessed. Legos were awesome. Mm. You could literally do anything. anything. And that's something else I miss about being a kid. It's just having them. Yes. <laughs> and then the people in the little wrist that would turn and... But that, I mean, I think that's the beauty, and we're kind of yes. cackling about it now, but I think that's the, that was one of the things that I definitely just miss about being a kid, is just having an imagination, you know, and just having fun and, you know, not taking life so seriously and not, um, 
let's go back to those four agreements. (laughs) Not making assumptions, not, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. taking everything personally because I feel like that's the shit we do when we get older. But children really just take things as they are. They're like, okay. Yeah, like kids are so, you know, they're innocent, but they're also very unfiltered. Mm -hmm. So they will read you. You know, they will get you together in a way, but they're also, you know, they're, they're pure. They have hearts of gold, really. And, you know, that's a, you know, a really important time of our life where we're really developing. Um, Let's see, what was the next question he asked? If you could ask God one question, what would it be? If you could ask him one question, P.Y., what would it be? Get away from me. So this is, <laughs> this is kind of timely because in my conversations with God this week, this is the question that I asked. If you are the Alpha and Omega, what is Infinity. What is eternity, right? Mm. Because the word says he's the alpha and omega. He's the beginning and the end, right? So there is an end. Mm. Yeah? And Come on, Does yes. that mean, does he end? And if he ends, do we eventually end? And if we eventually end, do we really have eternal life? And... I, I'm not asking these things because I know, you know, we as church yeah. sometimes if we ask a cu- too many questions, you we, don't really, we don't have faith. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But it's, this, these questions aren't really a hindrance of my faith, but it's really me being a person who's just like, I'm really trying to live my life as much as possible in accordance to what my faith says I should, yeah. right? And why am I doing that? Because not only do I love the supreme being that I say I serve, but... I hope to spend an eternity with that being. Mm. And when I think about what that eternity will be, I'm wondering if that eternity has an end. Right? Yeah. It gives me anxiety. It's, it's oh. exciting, but it's also scary. Because, you know, we, we always say don't fear death because death is not the end. But I'm just like, is there an end? And then when I try, when I try to like meditate and like put my mind to a place where I'm like, well, imagine eternity, and imagine like one day, you know, that eternity possibly being done because your supreme being says he has reached his end, he has reached his omega. Mm-hmm. Is that possible? Will that ever happen? Is that just a mystery that we won't know? Like. Maybe I'm digging too far. I don't know. You're not digging too far at all. And it's actually a great segue into the next question. And then we'll move on to the next section so we can get the show moving. But I'll just say, I don't know. If I could ask God one question. It would probably be (laughs) the next question. Why are we here? (laughs) Mm. Um... And I really like what you were touching on, which kind of makes us come full circle, right? And puts us in this position where we're like, okay, well, what is the meaning of all this? And, and I have found myself thinking that, like, especially on days where something tragic may have happened on the news. And I'm, and I'm really just thinking to my, and I'm asking God, like, what does this all mean? Yeah. You know, we're here. We didn't ask to be here. For some reason, we're here at this particular time because I could have been here in the 1800s, the 1700s, but I'm here now. What does all this mean? 
you know and when I go at that particular time this you know this time that's already been like kind of predated you know what does all this mean do you ever think the part of the reason that we're here is to find out why we're here that sounds crazy. That sounds like some high conversation. And can I just like, add to that? Yes. Yes. Do you believe that once we resolve or once we gain whatever it is that we're supposed to gain at this particular time in this life that we leave? No matter the age, well, no matter the situation. Isn't that why the people say that we were called away then? We were... Like, when people die, they're just like, oh, they were called home. Okay, okay. Right? Okay. Being called home, I think, sometimes means, like, finishing the story. Like, for example, you go, you go to school, right? When do you go home? When the day is done. Yeah. When you've accomplished what you needed to for the day, right? Or you go to work. When do you go to work? When the work day is finished. When your tasks for the day are complete. Yeah. Why are we called home spiritually? Because we finished what we needed to here. Even if um, in a coworker of me and we were talking about this earlier this week, what if someone tragically takes your life or someone else? Because you know God has also given us free will, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens? What if someone takes your life? Is that also was that their time? Well, see, that's another thing I always think about, too. Isn't that tough? Maybe to... it's not the time that we deemed here on Earth that yeah. was their time. But maybe it was the time that they needed to go to impact those around. Maybe their purpose was to just be an impacting force. I think through I death, know. too, people impact us through death, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of weird as that sounds. It's weird, but it's, it's We weird. learn lessons when, when people, especially people really close to us, pass. Yeah. Um, it teaches us things. And I think one of the biggest lessons is that, bitch, we ain't here forever. <laughs> but then it brings me back. Like, <laughs> Are we here for an eternity, sis? <laughs> like, I feel you. What is an eternity? Yeah. When you literally are the first chapter and the last. Yeah. So do we end before the last chapter? <sighs> question of life. Let me tell Would you. Would that Bible be the question says, we ask God? I show you a great mystery. Maybe that's the mystery too, girl. We can I have, don't know. We can have God as a, a, a special a guest that yeah. we can ask. Well, you know he's already here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where two or three are gathered. <laughs> yes, He's here. And this yes. is low key Bible study without the, you know, it really the is. physical Bible. In many different ways. Mm-hmm. And we got the wine. Shout out to Jesus. Goodbye. Goodbye, Eric. So <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to the last uh, conversation I wanted to bring up in this topic um, this weekend. And you, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Eckhart Tolle uh, was on the Super Soul Conversations podcast on the 23rd. And Eckhart had some really like interesting thoughts and, and ideas and perceptions of just life. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that stood out to me, um, they talked a lot about the ego. He believed that the ego was the source of our pain. Um, he believed that the ego was also the source for our separation as a community as, and as a society. We, unfortunately, become our thoughts. Um, and I say unfortunately because our thoughts are not who we are. When we become our thoughts... Um, we're listening to our ego, and we kind of play into that. He he believed that we came, we we become separated from our true selves, and you know because we're made in the image of God, what that tells me is that we become separated from God, 
you know, when we when we lead with ego and not with the heart and not with love and not with consciousness and not with being in the present, we're not leading, we're not, we're not being godly. We're not being the godly creatures. We're not acknowledging ourselves for the power that we have, right? Eckhart also believed that the universe, meaning everyone and everything, has conspired to put us where we are at any given moment. So even like right now, us recording this podcast, us having this conversation, the topic of this conversation, it's not a coincidence. Literally, everything, our whole lives, everything that everyone around us, whether we're connected to them directly or indirectly, everything has led up to create the space for this moment to be happening right now. Nothing is a coincidence. This is how we know that the lessons, um, and I say the lessons like, you know, those tough times that we face um, throughout our lives are meant for us to face because life, life's, life gives us what we need to evolve. Whatever we experience um, is the experience that we need. We needed at that particular time. And, and Eckhart believed that that particular experience is something that you know, we need to evolve as a, as a human being or to just get to a, a higher level of consciousness. So Lee believed, um, I'm sorry, he said that arguing with the present moment is insanity. Mm. So whatever we're going through, I know you, you're going through a lot this week. Um, you have been going through a lot, just the different um, things you have to juggle between school and work and social life and all the responsibilities that you have to your family and to your friends. Um, that really stood out to me when he said arguing with the present moment is insanity because yeah. oftentimes we, we feel very insane. <laughs> Excuse me. And unbalanced because at any particular moment of our lives, we feel like it's so chaotic. I remember bringing that up last week and the week before when I talked about why I was praying for peace. And I, and I used that word that, you know, at that particular time of my life, I felt that things were chaotic. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel that you can relate to that? Yeah. And, and so if you can, like how, like talk to us. I felt so foolish after listening to this, so remember how I told you I had my little white woman breakdown this week? Well, <laughs> you were there. Yes. Right? But before all of this, I listened to that Eckhart Tolle um, interview. And then after it, after the, like, you know, the dust had settled and everything and I was back, you know, thinking clearly, I was just like, didn't I just listen to Eckhart Tolle? Saying that arguing with your situation, like, you know, battling against whatever you were going through is full insanity. And I was an example that it was because during that moment that I was all hectic and crazy, I was battling against the things that I was going through. Mm. Right. So to really just live in peace with your situation, because after that, he's just like, you need to just be at peace, not saying that your situation doesn't exist, but embracing the fact that it does exist, but that it won't last forever. Mm. Right. Um, I getting to that point is a work. It's a process. So you can sometimes win that process, right? And be like, I'm in this space, I'm cool. But then other times it'll really take you by storm. Another thing about what he was talking about is just like, we're pulling away from our true selves. Throughout that whole interview with Oprah, I was just like, well, then what is our true self though? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, how do we know that we've even been with our true self? Yeah. And to, to, the, to recognize that we're getting away with, to, get, to recognize that we're getting away from it. You know? Yeah. Like, it's so easy to use these words. Like, 
true self or that we as a society have gone to a place of consciousness. But the reason why I just can't understand it is because I'm just like, well, what is that consciousness? What is our true self? Like the moments that we're battling against it is insanity. That's, that's a concept that I can grasp. But when you start talking about like, you know, the universe conspiring, you know, to give us this moment to help us reach our true selves, well, what is that? And so that's where I had to go back and pray and be like, God, show me if I'm like going in the path of my true self. Show me if that's what I'm living out or if I'm living out another self, which is why these situations have come to take me out of it. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful thing when you can realize what your purpose is in life. Um, and, you know, like you said, that's a process to, to even get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you said, what, what is your true self? And I think finding that out starts with just asking yourself that question yeah. over and over again, Welcome you know, to my week. until, until you, you get it. You know, I, I certainly have found myself in that situation. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with asking God and asking the universe to bring answers to you. Um, if you're searching and you want to know, um, you know, kind of going back on what we said, you know, your thoughts and your words, you know, become your reality in a sense. Um, yeah. 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 Um, Eckhart went on to say we, we don't necessarily need to accept that we made the choices to get us in the situations that we're in. So he, he kind of used the, the example of, you know, when people are in bad situations, he doesn't like to say, well, you got yourself here. You know what I mean? All the choices you made your yeah. life, all throughout your life got you in jail or got you doped out on crack or got you to lose your kids, you know, or lose your house or whatever, you know, whatever that is. He was more so coming from a place of accept that moment, you know, whatever moment that you are in, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. Don't deny it. Um, because he felt like that would just bring us, you know, more unhappiness, that denial. Um, he went on to say that our ego has a tendency of dehumanizing people. Um, the ego sees people for their faults, um, and their wrongs and, you know, people around us at work in our in our personal circles, um, in our family could have done some wrong shit, some fucked up shit. You know what I mean? But I think one of the points that he was trying to make is that those aren't necessarily a true reflection of who people are. You know, our faults do not accurately depict who we are as people. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you feel about that? I think that's real. They don't, mm-hmm. you know. Um, sorry, I'm thinking. Yes, <laughs> yes. I don't want to take up too much time. Um, <laughs> he says that our ego dehumanizes people. If I remember correctly, and tell me if I'm wrong, because I listened to this a couple of days ago. Um, a part of the ego, it's not just like. Ego, a lot of times we associate with pride, right? But he wasn't necessarily talking about pride. This ego that he was talking about was just like who we've become based on our surroundings, based on our upbringing, based on our biases, based on our prejudices, right? Yeah. And he was saying that especially in our like political and social climate, this ego now has the room to be forthright in its feelings. And because of that, 
we are able to not see people as humans with unique backgrounds, but as classes of people in society that we can project our prejudices, biases, whatever is on, right? And so I think in that sense, yeah, we've lost a touch of humanity, right? Because if we've been raised to be short version of discussing human being who mm. is racist, prejudiced, what have you, we're going to class people as different things. I feel like I'm not answering your question. No. I, like, what, what was no, the other part of your are. question? Are you sure? And yeah. then you said, is this part of the like evolution process? Oh yeah, because at one point you <clears throat> even said like we have to regress to then go back and progress again. Yes, he did. I didn't understand that. Right? Because he was just like, we have been, like, in the, he was trying to frame it, and I, to be clear, he was just like, in the Obama stage in a way, like, he didn't say that explicitly, but I felt that's that's what he was saying. Oh, okay, okay. And, like, the Obama era, we were progressing, but now we have this new president and this new society, now we're regressing, and it's kind of like a cycle, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's all the way true, because I don't know if, like, I think we're regressing, Yes. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't know if we were progressing in the Obama era because once, you know, our president became president, that's when people really started to turn the fuck up. Yeah. So was that stuff. a progression? Was that a social, like a, a level of social consciousness? Or were we just, you know, like boiling water? Were we just looking at the small ripples before the big ripples came, right? Mm-hmm. Were we still experiencing the prejudices? Were we still experiencing the lack of giving people their humanity? Were we still experiencing all of this? To get to this point. Yeah. I don't think we've progressed ever. So I remember he brought up a part about like the process being linear. And I actually like mentioned that last week about how I thought of you when he said that evolution is not like, you know, sometimes you do go back a little bit. You do take two steps back to go two steps forward. Um, I think in talking about the current environment, um, specifically the political environment. I think as a society we have regressed but I think it was necessary in a weird kind of fucked up way mm-hmm. as, as, as badly as we did not want Trump to become president and as horrible as the things that he's done and he's said and the things that are going on at the end of the day America voted for this man America voted for this man and if that's who America wanted that's then that's who they got. That's who she got. And whatever this man has done and will do while he is a president, what I what I will say to that is it will create an opportunity for us to evolve. Mm. Because I don't believe that this man is gonna take us forward on anything. No. You know what I mean? He may take us forward to the kingdom because he might be the Antichrist. <laughs> to the but who knows? Oh <laughs> who knows? Okay. Ah, such a great conversation. Are you ready to wrap it up? I am. <laughs> I really, like, I apologize. I really thought, I don't know if I would answer that question. This she episode did. was brought to you by Burnlot. Maybe I should stop <laughs> drinking. Hi. I thought you had a great perspective. And no, and I don't think any perspective is wrong, right? That's and, that, and that's what's, you know, why we have a conversation. And we, and we put thoughts out there and, um. You all listen and we share them with you, not because we like to hear ourselves talk, but really because we are interested in, you know, what you all, how you all interpret this into your lives and 
if you agree with it or if you disagree. So, you know, you always can hit us up on Twitter at Hung Up Pod. <laughs> so to wrap this up, I'll just say that, um, you know, I, I believe that. So in the beginning of this conversation, I asked, how can we be more present? Right. That's how I started the conversation. out. How can we be more present? That's how Oprah starts every podcast. Mm. Eckhart believed that suffering and pain certainly served a purpose. And, and he believed that part of that was, you know, it, it makes us present in, in that particular moment. It forces us to, quote unquote, transcend the suffering and go a little bit deeper than what we would have gone. Um, and, and that's what causes us to be more present when we are pushed. Um, that's when we can evolve. You don't evolve by you know, doing the same thing over and over again. You're, you, you evolve when you're pushed or you're put into situations that cause you to think differently or use a different strategy or to see a different perspective. So I, I was feeling that. Yeah. Um, many people I know look at suffering, um, and, and you see this, let me say not many people I know, but I'll just say, especially on like Facebook, you see this a lot. <laughs> suffering, you know, some people look at it as like a bad life hack or, you know, someone somewhere is, you know, trying to sabotage every move that they make and they just cannot catch a break. Eckhart believed that this was the ego in play. The ego emphasizes fear and separation. He believed that the ego thrived on distrust and making and keeping enemies and people around us. I also know of people who just have to be right. I think a lot of us do. They just have to be right in every situation. Oprah even admitted that she struggled with being right in every situation. What was she thinking that moment? She was just like, after I read your book, I no longer need that. I was like, you are a girl, <laughs> but I love you. Right. <laughs> Oprah. Now, oh. <laughs> oh. But that's also the ego, you know? Mm -hmm. Not being able to put out your own thought and respect another without taking it personally. Um, you know, taking it personally could mean mixing up your own sense of identity with your ego, forgetting who you are as a person, forgetting who you are as a child of God. Um, just, you know, something as little as someone not seeing your point of view should not rock your foundation because you should be that sure of yourself. Um, no, I'm sorry. Let me back up. I'm not going to say you should be sure of yourself. When your foundation is rocked because someone has a difference of opinion or they don't agree with you and, and, you, and you have an emotional response, I'm just saying that that could be a result of you leading with your ego or not being sure of who you are. And who and I really like how Patrick put it, knowing your strength, knowing your power in God. Um, when you are sure of yourself, when you, are, when you acknowledge that, I think that going back to... Um, the four agreements, you don't take things personally, you know, or you try not to, at, at, you know, the best, the best of your ability. Because like we said, we're still human, you know, so things are going to happen. You won't need validation. You won't need acknowledgement to be able to participate or cooperate in any type of situation or space, you know, because you acknowledge who you are. You know the strength that you, that you have. Um, and I think there's, there's certainly power in that. And um, I just appreciated the whole conversation about the ego. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like we all could, you know, just every day, just check your ego. 
just check your ego. And, and I really like the four agreements. You wake up every morning and you say that to yourself. I do when I'm writing. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. I think I'm going to start doing that. No way. Well, you said you posted it on the wall. So yeah. like, that's why I was just like, yes, you're already there. Yeah. Ooh, also, shout out. Happy birthday to Nakaro. It is 12.06. Nikki C, the Urban <laughs> Happy tea. birthday. Happy birthday, girl. <laughs> Remedy Podcast, official podcast. If you want, sisters. we could pop out of a cake for you. I would love to. I'm yeah, just but I'm going to have a full, I'm going to be fully clothed. No, you can't be fully clothed when you pop out the cake. Uh, bitch, I have too much body for all that. Okay? <laughs> no, Carl, I'll be outside of the cake. Okay? How about that? <laughs> Serving the slices. Amen. <laughs> what a great conversation this week. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. I really Stop appreciate you. Stop thanking me, bitch. We all here together. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you ready to get in a hung pop? Yes. I'm not even going to give you no rap today because, you know, the Merlot has hit. Okay? <laughs> so let's just break it down. First of all, Twitter has been in a frenzy because of Gabrielle Union. And so, okay, when I was on the Twitter this earlier this week, they were just like, oh, Gabrielle Union said she eats Dwayne Wade's ass. Da, 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 da. And there was a whole conversation on ass eating. Well, this sure does. This shows sure me she does eat his ass. I no, mean, this shows me that Twitter cares? is a bunch of stretch Armstrongs because they love to reach. Because I went on the interview that she had with Sway in the she morning. Didn't say shit. She didn't say nothing like that. See, here we go like, again. And they've done this before. They've done this before, and you've called it out. We've called it out here on the show. Y'all There's gotta stop. Like, Y'all gotta read. You and have to stop to the reaching. Thing. There have been headlines upon headlines saying that she. Um, eats Dwayne Wade's ass. And she even tweeted in like a, there was another headline saying that she clapped back. She even tweeted and said, I didn't say anything like that. You guys inferred that I... That's because that's what y'all want. Y'all want y'all want right. to envision that shit. You want the vision of her giving Dwayne Wade a full analingus, which, I mean, it's fine if that's what you go get off on, but that's not what she said. All she said was, women have been positioned as objects for a really long time, Right. And they have been positioned as just these beings for simply pleasure to get the man off. But she believes that in a sexual relationship between two consenting adults, if it's a woman and man, that women should be getting, you know, a good end of the deal. Absolutely. So if you're sucking his dick or you're, you know, licking his taint, then she should be able to just say, okay, eat my ass too. Mm -hmm. Don't just, you know, give me... Um, cunnilingus, and that she even used that word. She used cunnilingus and fellatio. She would just lay with there the, with the scientific terms, right? She they'll just lay there, like you <laughs> should be demanding things there. too. And that resonated with me in the sense I didn't even think about Dwayne Wade because she didn't even answer that. And Sway didn't even lead to that conversation. Yeah. He was just like, "How old were you when you ate ass?" Like, and so and she didn't even answer that. She just smiled and said, "Like what?" <laughs> okay, what a so, question. I don't understand where people got this story <sighs> from, but. I, it resonated with me because just as women are positioned to just be objects for pleasure, I identify as kind of a total bottom in a way, right? And I also identify as an individual who enjoys giving pleasure. Like, I get pleasure from giving pleasure, right? So I will be open to giving fellatio, or I will be open to, you know, being penetrated or what have you. But a lot of times, bottoms are positioned as just being these submissive beings, as just kind of being objects for a top's pleasure. When, you know, if you are 
being put in this space for a top to just penetrate you and get his rocks off, you should be busting too. And that's something that like I had to instill in myself. My friends had to instill in me. Like you shouldn't be afraid to demand, okay, before you do any of this, you got to eat my ass out. You got to do this. You got to do that. And what Gabrielle Union was saying is true. I fucks with it. Set those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Use your voice to tell people what you want and what Use you don't want. <laughs> your voice, girl. I'm here for it. Okay. That's what's up. Um, also, just like a brief shout out, um, Playboy featured its, well, not first, but quote unquote, its first transgender playmate, Ines Rao. Um, I believe she is French. Uh, and she was recently featured in Playboy. But I, the reason why I said quote unquote first is because in fact check, in 1981, um, there was a Bond movie release for Your Eyes Only, and Caroline Tulakosi was in that movie, mm-hmm. right? She was a transgender individual, but she was also featured in Playboy um, in 1991. So she's technically, like, uh, Miss Rao isn't technically the second. first transgender second? woman. Yeah, second. <clears throat> um, I know that a lot of women got up in arms when she posted her Playboy spread and said, you know, being a woman is just a woman. I'm not here to really defend her womanhood or defend yours or to say which side is wrong. I'm just going to say congrats to her. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to her. Shout out to her. Breaking barriers. Yeah. Now we've got some positive. Now let's get into the negative. Okay. (laughs) And it's funny that we talked about India Ari and her saying that like, you know, the words that she spoke kind of came around to her. Let's get into the words that people speak. And this is why I say life and death is in the power of whose tongue? Yours. Okay? Tina Campbell canceled her entire concert. Why? She didn't have enough ticket sales. Oh, and I wonder why. Okay? But she did go on the reel and say, however I voted is none of your business. Well, guess what, sis? Neither are those ticket sales. Okay? Okay? (laughs) And that bank account. Because we decided (laughs) that we tried. Oh, wait. That you tried our last nerve yesterday. <laughs> okay, Tina? We won't be at the show. Never. Let me, I just want to read really the message. She nasty attitude on that show with her and her sister. And I can't even watch that show anymore because of her. Even before this whole incident oh, with her see, coming out as a as a, vote, a a Trump voter, I didn't like her attitude. Even the greats have denied her. So Erica was surely at Oprah's Little Brunch. Where was Tina? Tina. Not Tina. 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 She wasn't there. Tina. Okay. Tina. <laughs> she posted this on Oprah Instagram. Didn't want you there. It's still personal tour postponed. I'd like to say thank you to all who have purchased tickets. It wasn't me, so you ain't thinking me for shit. For the it's still personal tour. And you an asshole. Whoever purchased tickets. I mean, who okay. purchased tickets and to then go also, see Tina? Whoever's doing her PR doesn't know grammar because it has quotations. It's still personal tour. And quotations with the period outside. First of all, it should be quotation, it's so personal, quotation, tour, period, ending the sentence. Okay? Because you're... I'm not going to get into English with y'all. Our hope is that all who have attended have been thoroughly blessed. We are grateful for those who are planning to attend, but our overall ticket sales haven't shown that we have support that we have the support that we need to continue <coughs> the tour at this time. We're convinced that many more would love the opportunity to attend really? this praise field, faith filled, really? entertaining worship experience. So You're we have decided we're not convinced. I'm not going. So we have decided to give ourselves time to reach all the pe- all of those people and bring back bring this amazing tour back 
in the oh. spring of 2018. Let me tell you, sis. So you, is this the tour? You can probate in the fall of 2017 or probate <laughs> in the fall of the spring of 18. Either way, Come on, probate. I won't be there for you to greet me. So is, okay? this, is this the tour where she goes around talking about how her husband cheated, cheated on, on her? her and her husband's oh, sitting at girl, the piano please. talking about some... Yes, and he's probably still... Also, we didn't get into this too because this... little as is told... You know, T.S. Madison and Kaya have a YouTube uh, live stream show or a Facebook live stream show. Somebody went on there and said that Teddy Campbell was sleeping with them. But guess who this somebody was, bitch? A man. Okay? So that's all I have to talk shit about gay people. Oh, no, no, no. And the same thing happens. When you play the clowns, you get. When you do clownery, you get. The clown comes back. Let's review. When you do clownery, the clown comes back to bite. Okay? And the clown has bit Tina Campbell over and over again. That reminds me of these like holy, holy roller parents who are so terrified of gay people and then they have all these gay kids. Bitch, that's me. That's my parents. Don't cover us. Remember, y'all, we've been talking about what you put out there is going to come back to you. Okay. I mean, come on. What what goes around comes around. What goes up must, must come, come down. down. Now who's crying? Who's lying? To come back to, to me. me. Yes, when Alicia keeps can sing, okay? <laughs> yes, Alicia, come back. I'm so congested. Okay, also, in this edition of When You Do Clownery, the Clown Comes Back to Bite, <laughs> Tamar Braxton files for a divorce from Vincent Herbert. And the reason why I say this, you know, I love Tamar Braxton. For those of you who really know me, know that when I was in St. Louis, she called me up on stage and we sang down together. Oh, yeah, I forgot okay? about that. It's on YouTube. Look it up. That said, Tamar, on one of the first epi- the first seasons of Braxton Family Values, came for everybody, talking about Tony's man left Listen, her, Mama Evelyn's man cheated on her. In the nasty way that Tamar has. Trina's man cheated on she... her and on the internet. Tawanda's man is lazy. Tracy's man cheated on her. Okay, sh- this relationship over here is good. You what? know how Tamar does with the neck and the hands and all this stuff, and the right? Moving. Yeah. You got to be careful with that. You know why? Because next thing we know, hungry ass Vince is biting off your finger, <laughs> and now you're filing for divorce. That's not cute. And you know what? As much as I, you know, I'm like Tamar. Like you, you always got this pompous attitude and mm-hmm. talking down to other people. We've been saying that the whole episode. What goes around comes, comes around. around yeah. And that's exactly what happened. What I will not take away from the fact that this man. You, Tamar was with this man when he was damn near dead on the hospital bed. Who else was laying up with your ass and before she, you lost all that weight, Vince? Okay, okay. She was there with you, and then your ass going to want to go out here and cheat. And even when he lost the weight, he's still like Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, you still or not, not Jabba really the Hutt. That you, know, cute. you know the slug from Star Wars. He's still <sighs> shaped like that. The okay? slug. <laughs> the slug man. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not even trying to be fucked up, but that's how he is shaped. So to think that Tamar even, you know, would concede. Vince Hubert. Herbert. Is it Vincent? <laughs> what did I say? Vincent Hubert. <laughs> Herbert. First of all, Tamar was abused in that relationship, okay? He bit her finger. Also, the you know, if you listen to abusive. Love B. Scott, B. Scott said that one of Tamar's employees reported that she said, oh, you're going to hit me again? It wouldn't be the first time, okay? You didn't wow. hear it from us. You heard it from B. Scott, Okay. It's serious. It's serious. And then, just in, today, while we were taping, Trina and Tawanda went to some 
maybe not TMZ, but some other video source and said it wasn't the first incident that they've been in. So unreconcilable differences. They are not able to get their shit together. Tamar is now fighting for custody for her child. I oh, really wish her the best. God. She's even on the, like, the that people, is it the reel boy. that she was on? The reel? Yeah, she ain't on it no They more. shouted her out and said, Tamar, we hope you have the support that you need. First of all, that was fucking shady. Okay? I was going to say, here, Real Housewives of Atlanta, like, read her and was like, Lonnie, you know what you did. Don't be trying to send Tamar. The Housewives of Atlanta read her? Yes. They got Lonnie together on um, the show. Well, no, Lonnie wasn't shady, house. though. Lonnie was just like, Tamar got divorced. I didn't know divorced. what that meant, but they were like, Lonnie, you know what you did. Mm-hmm. I'm like... Jeannie was the one who was shady. She was just like, we all need support at this time. And Tamar, we hope you have it. So basically she's saying, bitch, we don't fuck with you, but we hope you okay. That's fucked up. Pepsi's fine, adulterer. Okay. Pepsi's fine, finger biter. You a bastard, Vince. Vincent. How do you bite somebody's finger? That ain't right. And you know he's going through his money problems, which is probably... It's a whole mess. He tried to... He got money problems, too? First of all, I think he's the reason why she got off the reel. One. Okay? Two. Remember, this was her last show, last season for these albums. She was ready to leave him after that. Because if one thing Tamar loves, it's music. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She does have a love Leave him, sis. And find you a fine man to put salt in that wound. And grow up, Tamar. That's you just know, my personal opinion. The personality brings the TV shows. So get your coins, sis, first before you grow up. Yeah, not my cup of tea. But I'm not and all And sing age appropriate I'm not, music. I'm not all with the, the head turning and the ratchetness and the yeah. neck and appropriate the, and in black gay and culture. The hand snapping mm-hmm. and the reading everything because you was just reading all your sisters. And then you got read. Because when you when you try to read, right. you get read. You get read. Okay. Come on. Now. When you go to the library, you become the book. And it's also a lesson that no man can ever replace blood. Mm. You know what I mean? Not when your family has been there since day one, will always be there. Dude, when know, these niggas is long gone. She tried to ditch him for Vincent Herbert. Like she tried to she tried to ditch him for Vincent Herbert and Miracle. Remember? Miracle the dog, for those of you who watch Bragdon Family Values. Anyway, that's the hung pop. I'm full. Okay. <laughs> did you watch Love and Hip Hop, the second part of the reunion? I did. I got to catch up. I, I honestly did not. Mm-mm. So, are we ready to move on? We have moved. <laughs> <laughs> Hung music is going to be pretty short and sweet this week. I wanted to ask you for Hung music. What do you listen to at night? Ooh. So. I've been listening to Karen Clark shared her first okay. album that she released, which is why I'm no good for the hung music, okay? Because I'm listening to this old shit. Um, <laughs> she is the queen of no, rhythm and gospel, R&G, instead of R&B. Okay. Um, new releases, Sean Tillery and Changed. Um, they're a gospel group. They just released um, this song called Mighty God, which is a take on uh, a gospel take on what a mighty God we serve. Yeah. Um, what else have I been listening to? Oh, LaBelle, Patti LaBelle's group before she went single um, or went solo. I've been listening to their Chameleon album. So at night. Yeah, at night. Specifically, so. Oh, no, at night. Get in my entire life before I go to bed. So let me ask you this. So like at night when you're listening to music, Mm -hmm. do you, because I find myself when I listen to music that I'll start to focus on the words. Mm. Now I'm singing the song in my head. Yeah. And it's being counterproductive to my sleep. Mm -hmm. For you... Is it like relaxing and you yeah. can kind of drift off? For or? me, I'd be falling asleep, but like the the rhythms and the instrumentals yeah. take me to a place where I'm just like, ooh, this 
feels great. This is like a good soother to go to bed. So it relaxes you mm-hmm. and gets you in that right state. Mm-hmm. Um, I The reason why I asked you that is because actually this week for Hung Music, I wanted to bring up um, another playlist on Spotify that I've been listening to. The playlist is called Night Rain. Um, Night Rain is literally, I don't know, there's probably about... 40 different tracks on here mm. and all of them are so like different. like the Chris Brown album. Basically. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> all of them are different like combinations of thunderstorms and rain. Cool. Um, like sounds of wind, sounds of thunder, different sounds of rain. So, you know, you have the the fast and hard rain then you have the slow and like the fat drops of rain. Like you have different, you know, types of rain, different textures um, that give you different sounds. Um, again, the the uh, the playlist is called Night Rain, and Spotify actually has a lot of um, playlists that you can listen to while you're sleeping. So I wanted to try something different because you know many 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 episodes ago I bought a, I, I bought up a, a podcast that I listened to to go to sleep, and it's called Sleep with Me. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a Sleep with Me podcast where this guy. My autobiography. Is like, you said it's your what? My autobiography. Sleep with me. It's the title. You were so crazy. <laughs> um, where he, he talks, he does like these weird kind of like quirky stories that have no type of meaning to them. And also his voice really helps you fall asleep. And I, and I made that as a recommendation. Recently, I switched it up and I started listening to um, the rain, the night rain playlist. And I just want to recommend that to anyone who, like me, when it comes to lay down in the bed, that's when the, the thoughts start racing. Mm-hmm. I'm already planning for tomorrow, a day that's not even here yet, <laughs> a day that I'm, it's not promised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'm, I'm, I'm in bed, and now I'm losing sleep. I'm losing rest because I'm thinking about the next day or a future day or what I need to do tomorrow. Listen, y'all, as soon as I turn on the rain playlist, I promise you, maybe, maybe within five minutes, I'm gone. Mm. I'm usually, like, out. And I find myself sometimes throughout the night, I'm, like, gently awakened by, because, like I said, it's different um, different tracks that have different kind of, um, like, vibrations and the thunder. You can kind of feel it in different ways. And it's very, like so relaxing and I find myself kind of like waking up in different periods of the night to the thunder but it just like puts me right back to sleep it's just I don't know very relaxing very soothing very calming yeah. so I'll recommend that playlist or any any of the um, sleep playlists on Spotify if you're having any trouble um, falling asleep for some people music works um, for me I sing the songs in my head so I'm not going to sleep <laughs> you know, I'm in the bed, like listening to the music. I'm listening to the beats. I'm listening to the melody. I'm thinking about things that I didn't realize before in this song. Like I'm, I'm not resting. So the rain playlist was really cool. Another playlist that's similar to this is kind of like the beach sounds of the waves. So you have different sounds of waves, and um, again, that vibration, hearing the vibration of the waves kind of crashing into the beach, is very soothing. 
Um, so that's my shout out this week for Hung Music. Check out the Rain playlist on Spotify. And as always, check out the iDante playlist on Spotify. It's popping. Y'all can find me on Spotify, Eric Cole. Shout out to everyone who has followed me. I appreciate you guys. I try to follow everyone back. Yes. Um, so you guys check me out. I, you know, it's many, many weeks ago, Patrick and I talked about, um, creating a Hung Up playlist and I haven't figure out a way to like make it work so that way you can like we can both collaborate at the same time i'll just send you like uh a paper with like the songs on it great so that give me more work okay (laughs) but the point is (laughs) or i can load it i don't know maybe i'll just give you like my login because the point the point was is just like kind of what'd you say you gonna share your password with me i mean like i don't care I I don't care. Um, (laughs) But the thought was, like, let's have a playlist that kind of goes with the show. It's easier for people to remember. Um, So, yeah, we'll work on that. In the meantime, I Dante on Spotify, but you can find all of my playlists by looking me up. Um, Eric Cole on Spotify. Cute. Cutie. Um, so it's that time again. Yes. Hung up or hang up. Who are you hanging up on today? <laughs> you want me to go first? Sure. <laughs> you like the little jingle? No, that was kind of cool. I like that. Jingle. Come on, jingle. I'll refine it for later. Sorry, y'all. I'm over here doing all you this. You are sick, Eric. You need to be. I'm not up. sick. It's just my sinuses. And you know what I enjoy? I need to keep my air off. I have my air off the whole night that we've been here. You know I'm infamous for running the fucking air. I want to go run mine. So, um, but anyway, this week I am hung up on women, all women, no matter your race, no matter your background. Um, I'm hung up on women. I think that it is really important for men in particular, especially during this time, to stand in solidarity with with women all over the world so that way they know that, you know, we don't tolerate um, or accept abuse against women no matter what space we're in, you know, including our own spaces like the boardrooms, the locker rooms, the, the, the basketball courts, the football fields. We need to let them know that we do not tolerate that. That shit is not cool. Black folks... I'm sorry, black folks, folks, <laughs> I can't get it out. I feel like I'm congested and I can't talk. <laughs> I hear you. Okay. Black folks have stressed, um, you know, all of us we, for a long time, the importance of whites holding their white counterparts accountable when it comes to things like Black Lives Matter. I just think that we have to do the same, especially for our, our, our black women, right? Or just women in general. We have to stand united to, you know, protect the civil rights and the bodies of everyone. Um, besides that, shout out the women. I just wanted to, um, I'm hanging up on an Instagram post of someone that <laughs> I went to college with. And um, I love you, bro. But, I, you know, while, this, while we were having this dialogue back and forth, I, I made up in my mind. I'm like, all right. I'm going to have to talk about this. (laughs) So someone I went to school with, we're friends on Instagram. He posted a post. And I'm going to show Patrick what it says. It's a a meme that says, only a real woman would do this for her nigga, 100. It's a picture picture of a woman, like, with a guy. Like, he's bent over and she's eating his ass out. Mm. And, you know, his, his response was, you know, basically... You know, it's a reason why we as men, you know, 
call this the way that we call it. It's outside of our body. It's foreign to us. This is not something that men do. So what? I getting your ass ate feels amazing. Okay, let's just break down these barriers and call it what it is. Okay. Now, as for my ministry, I'm not eating your ass unless we're married because I don't know how niggas wash. That's my (laughs) only concern. Okay. If it was guaranteed that every ass that you eat would be clean and put together, right, the way that I clean and put mine together, then I would go to town, right? (laughs) Ass eating feels amazing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not what men do. I consider myself a man. Okay? It is what it is. So, my response to that post was basically, and I'll read you what I said. I think people should just mind their business. Going back to you know the four agree- well, our fifth agreement. Mind your business. Mind your business. I think that people should just mind their business when it comes to someone else fucking or what's going on in their bedroom. Like, who who cares it's that you don't like getting your ass ate? You know what I'm saying? And he probably does like it, but he wants to seem cool for the Twitter or the Instagram. Like... Look at how people have said this over and over again on and off social media. Look at how many people say they don't go down on women. But then when it comes down to it, they're just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to eat out my girl. You know what I mean? Right. Let's stop acting like analingus is not a thing that has been here since the dawn of time. People do it. People enjoy it. I enjoy getting it done on me. I will enjoy doing it to the nigga who puts, you know, puts three rings on it. And that's it. Yes, three rings. You heard right. (laughs) I have a pattern if you want to see the design. So, basically, like, just, like, jumping back in here. um, I said what I said. Um, I told him. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I just kind of, like, lost track a a little bit here. And I got, like, I got to read these posts. And, like, people were commenting in between us. So, let me me get through this. Um... Like I told, I told him that people should just mind their business. Who cares what's going on in someone else's bedroom? Like, it is what it is. And he responded, basically telling me, like, look, I'm not shaming nobody else or what they do. But you are. This is just what I don't like. And my response was like, listen, I can dig it. Having a preference is one thing. I just can't rock with folks who have preferences based on perceptions of other people, mm-hmm. especially if it's toxic, one that further divides us as a community. There are men who are straight who enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Let's not ostracize and condemn them for that. I mean, porn clearly shows us and tells us that straight men are into a whole lot more yeah. than ass eating. Brian Pumper, but that doesn't make check out him- that video. Right, and so that doesn't make him any less than a man in my in, in, in my book. So basically, my my hung up was like, listen, straight men out here, like y'all don't have to post things to let us know what you like or what you don't like. Many of us really don't give a fuck. Yeah. Secondly, the reason why you're posting this stuff is so that way you can get people hyped up on how you feel about it because people were <laughs> commenting on the post like that's some that's some gay shit and uh if he if he want to bend over get his ass ate then he must want to get it poked uh this that and the and third. what if he does who cares like, none of this- po- your prostate is is easily accessible through your anus so if you like getting poked there's no fucking surprise but you don't like getting poked by a man so my guy you're not gay and then for this man saying that oh it's not his preference I'm pretty sure his girl doesn't want to eat his ass because eat his ass because he doesn't wash properly. That's why he well, hasn't even experienced it and the preference may not even be there. 
Because there are too many nerve endings up in your booty hole. Not to one. But you know what? Men are, especially black men. And this is why I felt like, you know, I, I see a lot of stuff on Instagram that is just stupid, ignorant. And I, and I keep going because it's like, I'm not going to comment on that. This, I felt like I needed to comment on, not only because this is someone that I know personally. I follow you on Instagram. I saw this. I felt like I had it to say something. And shout out to, you know, the people who agree with me and like my comments. And, you know, I appreciate you. But I was just like really looking at the comments of our black men and our black women commenting on this photo. It's just like, damn, like we really, y'all got some issues out here with y'all sexuality. Mm-hmm. Everything's not gay. And if all you do is think it is gay. Then you gay. Then you gay. Okay. Why are you all, like I'm trying to figure out why straight men always have something to say about what gay men are doing in the bedroom. Like, nobody even asked you. Nobody, like, to take the time to put up a post about something that, why, why do you care? Why, and why is it important for you to tell the world that nobody can eat your ass? It made me feel like something happened in his personal life that he felt like he needed to um, reaffirm himself. I'm a man. I don't stand for that type of shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And get all the boys to jump on and agree with you. Listen, that's some bullshit. Well, clearly you're not that's as much of a man as you think because you're not open to sexually exploring. If you were a man securing your manhood, quote unquote, you would be able to explore beyond the confines that you've been raised with. But you know what? I I don't have a problem with a preference. Like, if someone doesn't like getting their ass ate, gay or straight, like, cool. But in a way, he's framing it that, like, he's never done it and it's not for him. And I'm not going to do it. I'm a man. That's not really a preference because you don't even know what you're preferring. And I'm sure you got homeboys that have gotten their ass ate or and or and are riding with whatever you're saying. Got a, a got you know because women fuck their men with dildos too. Yeah, you know that is they're not gay. They're not. You know what I mean? But it's it's about what you like and what your preference is, and we don't have to put that out there. People who are enjoy you know getting fucked by their wives who who have a strap on, they don't have to put a post on their Instagram well, to declare that. Today. Yeah, like they don't have it's to been declare a great that. Day. God, so that just that just bothered me. So that's that's my my hung up and my and my hang up. What you got for us this week, P. Ryan? Uh, nothing much, bitch, because I'm tired. So first of all, Colin Kaepernick, we salute you. So I don't know if this is true because it came on page six, and you know I'm a little weary about that. But um, page six reported that Mr. Kaepernick, um, NFL guy who is now looking for an NFL job um, because of his kneeling. Mm. Got a lot of flack from it. Just inked a book deal worth over $1 million with Random House um, Imprint One World. Uh, and I'm just really happy for him. It shows you that when you know God closes one door, 10,000 more open. Yeah. And everybody was just like, oh, he wouldn't be kneeling if he had a job with the NFL. Well, bitch, he just inked a deal for over a $1 million. So shout out to him. Now he can kneel all he wants and be paid. Okay? Happy shout for you, Colin. Him. Absolutely. And Lit. he's a Kappa. Is he? Yeah. Oh, all right. So, hey, Colin, you know, I'm all about that unity. Okay. We good? Okay. So, <laughs> chickens, that wraps up this week's Eric, episode I'm, of So, Hunger ladies Podcast. and gentlemen, I'll be fighting Eric soon because he's going to give me back that chicken's word, okay? But you told me to say it. You can say it wasn't a bull moon. All right. So, you're one. Okay. You're controlling. You I'll, want me to say I'm it. I'm controlling. You, so, you, you want me to say it when you want. All right. 
This Eric, is an abusive relationship. Eric, and I just don't do you this. Go, you all are witness to this shit. Oh my gosh, that is so triggering. I, I'm sorry, y'all. My that. bad. My bad. This is not a real It's not. It's not. I love you, brother. I love you. <laughs> that sounds abusive too. That's some, I can see this shit. Abusive right, like this might you. come off like he gonna beat my ass, y'all. Eric, I am done. <laughs> Let's not play around with that though, because people really are go through that. Go through that. So I, I, sorry guys, sorry. So as always, you all, thank you for checking us out. Another week of Hung Up Podcast. I am. (laughs) I'm Eric. (laughs) You're P Ryan. I'm P Ryan. Yes. And you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at I am P Ryan. And I'm Eric. You can find me at E Dante Call on Instagram and Twitter. Really. Bitch, you try to do my voice. I'm gonna try to do yours. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. You gotta give him my handle. Um. Wait. Was it, I did it, didn't I? No, you didn't. I said, e don't take hold. Did you? Yeah. I'm just gonna talk in my voice because you can't hear me. I'm E Cole Eric, and you can find me at. He fucking it up. Wow. Where can they find you then? <laughs> <laughs> they can find him at E Dante Cole. That's E D A N T E C O L E. And don't forget to follow him on Spotify. Yeah. You see how I plug that? <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. You can find us both at Hung Up Pod, H U N G U P P O D, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Bitch, are you probating? I mean. <laughs> You know, and also rate review, comments, all that shit. On it's the end of the show, SoundCloud, but I'm excited. Apple Pod, yeah, because I'm ready to go to bed. Okay, listen, just you know, girl, find us. It we, wasn't my chicken good. You ain't even tell the people that oh, my chicken. Okay, was good. ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Eric cooked some chicken and biscuits, and I will say it was lovely. Thank you. Um, also, shout out to my boo Eric because tomorrow, or actually today, because it's the twenty seventh of October. Yeah. It is Eric's um, anniversary, hey. so love you, boo. Excited that you are in the org and that you could pave a way for bitches like me to be in the org. And that you... <laughs> no, I'm just going to be a little sensitive right now. You literally fought for me. We talked about this shit, um, about how it's not us, it's other people. And there were so many roadblocks to making this dream happen, and you were a person to make it happen for me. So, that said, happy anniversary. Love you. I love you too. Love you, listeners. Love you all. Um, thanks. Peace. Bye. And she was saying how um, she went down on a dude, mm-hmm. and you were like, well, did he eat your pussy? And she looked at her friends like, mm. no. And you were giving her a one-on-one on reciprocity. Yes. I right. said, well, that's a very unequal relationship. Uh-huh. Um, that sounds very one-sided. And, uh, well, you know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of women do enjoy, um, you know, providing fellatio, uh, for sure there needs to be um, some cunnilingus, uh, same time, or or not, or uh, directly after or before. Um, and I said, you know, and then ask him to eat your ass. You did say that in the book. I did. Yeah. Um, and that's how we got to teach these kids. You got to really <laughs> get them young and say, look, if you're going to be just offering blowjobs willy-nilly, there should be, um, you know, some pleasure that you experience in return.